This week, on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing the Wikipedia page for the novel Congo. Hello and welcome to a mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm John Rooney Taylor. And this week, in advance of next week's full episode, where we discuss the greatest film of all time. Debatable. Congo. No oh, debate. very debatable. Mm, no. Nope. Ar- arguably the best film of all time. Yay. Inarguably not the best movie. <laughs> well, here's my argument. It's the best. You're wrong. Counter-argument. Nah. Counter-counter-argument. Shut your face. Oh, damn. You must have been on Debate Club. Yeah, I got you on that no, last one. I've just watched yeah. a lot of episodes of the People's Court. Nice. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people defending themselves on People's Court go with the shut your face defense. Hey, man. <laughs> people have faces. What needs shutting? True. That's true. True. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going to be discussing Congo the Novel. A um, novel that none of us have read. Correct. I didn't even know it was a novel. As written by Michael Crichton, uh, the writer uh, who previous to this had written the book Eaters of the Dead, Ooh. which was turned into the film that we watched, The 13th, 13th Warrior. Warrior. We love right. that film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and immediately after this, he would write Saphir. Ooh, I love Sophia. Also turned into a movie starring Sharon Stone and sex criminal Dustin Hoffman. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) For being in Sphere or being a sex criminal? I'm just glad he doesn't have to live under a bridge. What? For now. For now. Live under a bridge? What are you talking about? Oh, I'm making a sad old reference to an old NPR special report about pedophiles who had to live under a bridge in Florida. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about like that... That movie Hero, where he plays like the weird homeless man who takes credit for saving all those people on no, no, that no, plane? No. Let's get no, something straight that's, here. Uh, that's Ghost Dog. I try not to watch Dustin Hoffman movies. Yeah. Fair. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah I'll tell you this. Rain Man does, has not held up. Ooh, yep. Bet it hasn't. Bet it hasn't. <laughs> and you know what is insensitive and flippant as Dustin Hoffman's portrayal of autism is, the score for that movie is worse. (laughs) That's very true. Uh, So I'm just going to, we're going to read through the the Wikipedia entry, the plot summary uh, and stuff of Congo uh, uh, the The book. So yeah, I think we're going to read through the plot summary and then I think uh, Patrick and I will ask questions of Mark because he's the only one with the Wikipedia open. Yes. Yeah. And we'll see if he can answer these. Let's go. All right. The novel starts in 1979 with an abrupt end to an expedition (laughs) sent by... I like things that begin abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, With an abrupt end to an expedition sent by Earth Resource Technology Services (laughs) Incorporated. Fuck yes. That is almost like Company Limited. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Universal (laughs) International Pictures. (laughs) Uh, in the dense rainforest of the Virunga region of the Congo, when the team is attacked and killed by unknown creatures and all contact with them is lost. That's all one sentence. <laughs> nice. 
The expedition, searching for deposits of valuable diamonds, discovered the legendary Lost City of Zinj. Whoa, so it's putting that fucking spoiler right on front street. Ooh, yeah. Does the Lost City of Zinj have any basis in any mythology or lore of any kind? Well, when I clicked on the blue word Zinj in the Wikipedia <laughs> article, yes. it took me I to... I hope you opened a tab, though. No, I didn't. Uh, oh. It took me to a, uh, a website that says Zanj. Uh, which is a name used by medieval Muslim geographers to refer to both a certain portion of Southeast Africa, primarily the Swahili coast, and to the area's Bantu inhabitants. Uh, and then uh, it doesn't appear to say anything about Zinj as a lost... Oh, hey, here we go. No, wait, no, no. Uh, I don't see anything about King Solomon or mines. Or nothing. It's just a diamonds. word. diamonds. Just an African <laughs> word that Michael Crichton knew. I, I, the idea of like the the lost King Solomon mine is like a prevalent like it's a it's an old Quartermain like Alan Quartermain adventure sure, sure. pulp idea. Oh, yeah, and I okay. think it has basis on uh, what's called like the Lost City of Z, which yeah. they made that movie about recently that had Charlie Hunnam in it. It is a lost city that. Right. Exists, but I think they just called it Zinj right. Cubs. Funsies, yeah. With like also like the whole trope of the lost city, super racist. Yeah. Oh, always. <laughs> like, always. No matter like, what continent it takes place on. Well, because it's always like just like, here's a group of charming white people. One of them's a lady. She's usually blonde. Yep. And they show up at a place where a bunch of white oh, people dress in yeah. blackface. Right. And they're always like the primitive people who simply don't know any better. Right. They never understand what they're all living near, but the white people always do. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's always like, the, it's like that bone in the nose, like yeah. stereotype. Like there's yeah. the evil cannibal tribe, inevitably. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so continuing, a video image taken by the camera there, Zinge, and transmitted by satellite to the base station in Houston shows a peculiar race of gray-haired gorillas to be responsible for the murders. Ooh. Another expedition. <laughs> sorry, responsible for the murders. Yes, that's right. He is the Dr. Moriarty of gorilla murder. That's right, yeah. A lot of plotting goes into murdering these white people who show up. I guess it's the opposite of a locked door mystery. Yeah, yeah. It's a wide open prairie mystery. Which, in a lot of ways, must be way harder to solve as a detective. Sure, sure. Like if Poirot showed up into a jungle and there was just right. a bunch of dead bodies and no one around, it'd take him a long oh, time to find the people. Uh, the jungle did it bad. <laughs> uh, another expedition led by Karen Ross is launched to find out the truth and to find the lost city of Zinj, where there are believed to be deposits. So she's not there. Okay, so is it clear that she's there for the city, or is it like, oh, these diamonds, and they just happen to be in this lost city? They well, might be a little bit both and. Like, yeah, they're well, looking for diamonds slash okay. lost city. Yeah, so the next sentence is, where there are believed to be deposits of a certain diamond type... Uh, it's uh, one of those like we're gonna I, I science be. the mythology situations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Which like are... a Ghostbuster. That's right. why Ernie Hudson's right, in the right, movie. Right. Yes, or, and know. these diamonds are naturally boron doped and thus useful. Doped. Uh, asterisks on all of their Dope, world yeah, records. Then. Boron doped, yeah. baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they're never gonna get into the Diamond Hall of Fame <laughs> like this. Boron doped like Mark McGuire. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Uh, I bet those diamonds can hit some dingers. Here's the thing. Yeah, but their heads are so big, <laughs> and I. 
I am I am against doping, but I desperately want our sports to incorporate more cyborg technology. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. could have added like another twenty years to his career if he just oh, had a couple little... robot legs. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, if they gave Bo Jackson like the six million dollar man hip. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, shit. Right? He kept playing the football. He'd still be playing the football. He'd be trashing Bosworth's left <laughs> and right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, speaking of dope, real quick, doping, uh, do you guys remember the, uh, made-for-TV, I think it's for HBO movie, that young Ben Affleck made, where he played the high school football player and he gets all roided up? Yeah, no. it taught me about roid rage. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. I had to learn that from, uh, I think I want to say, uh, uh, The Replacements. Isn't there a roido in that? No, I think you're thinking of necessary, not necessary roughness, the program. Yeah, the program. With Jamie Kahn as the coach. Right, And yeah. Omar Epps as the fumble-prone rookie right. uh, running back. you are absolutely right. That was the movie where, uh, like, the quarterback of the team is, like, the, he's, like, the, like, uh, you know, like, cool, young, like, kind of hip, like, too cool for football thing. And he, like, lays down in the middle of a highway to, like, kind of, like, prove how cool he is. Yeah. And then a bunch of people in real life did that and promptly got run over by trucks. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did. I do remember. Yeah, all of this I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, him. great stuff. All those people got <laughs> run over by trucks. Yeah. Well, I remember that had like trickled down into my suburban community. So a bunch of kids tried to prove how cool they were by laying in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> Which has no through traffic. Oh, oh, I think they proved how cool they were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the these diamonds are naturally boron doped and thus useful. <laughs> Can uh, I get some of that sweet boron doping? <laughs> they're God really, it's it. really good for like. Cleaning up dirty tubs, yeah. repelling roaches, all sorts of things. Boron, man, you can use uh, for everything. Right? I want it. Uh, tw- Twenty mule team boron. That's the boron I like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're boron doped and thus useful as semiconductors, though worthless as gemstones. <laughs> this time, the searchers bring along the famous white African mercenary. Charles Monroe, as well as a female gorilla named Amy, who has been trained to communicate with humans using sign language, and her trainer, Peter Elliott. So there's a couple, uh, uh, we're kind of sort of crossing into the film here. So in the book, is there no Tim Curry? Uh, No, he's a character that was created specifically for the film. Right on. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the throw-up noise you made before the right on makes me think that you didn't mean your right on. I'm just glad that they looked at this script and they were like, you know what this movie needs? Some real top quality Tim Curry. Yeah, if we could if we could horn up this script by about 20%, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah if we could up give the like pervosity a, a little, that'd be great. sleazy Slavic accent. Yeah, that'd be good. Fresh off his turn in McHale's Navy comes <laughs> Tim Curry. Goo! Uh, moving on. Time is of the greatest essence, as a rival consortium from corporations in Japan, Germany, and Holland are also searching for oh, the diamonds. So it's a race. It's a it's a race to stuff your face with diamonds. What? Turning the what? entire 
expedition into a race to the city of Zinj. That oh would have God. added so much necessary tension to the oh movie. Oh man, especially if like the Dutch or the Hollanders were like Hans Gruber and those guys. Yeah, yeah we could have had like we could have had like the, there were some boars that were still yeah. roaming around. We could have had the oh, it's yeah. a mad 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 world <laughs> and or the wacky races of Congo movies. Oh, oh, kid, awesome. you gave me the bad directions and now I'm I'm, oh, I'm sinking in the mud, you kid. Oh. Captain Caveman. <laughs> Congo, the amazing race. Yeah, if we only had a little bit more Jonathan Winters in this movie, I think it would have been a lot more entertaining. definitely. For sure. And some very old Three Stooges that can barely keep it together. (laughs) It is the saddest of cameos. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately for Ross and her team, the American expedition encounters many delays along the way, including plane crashes, native civil wars, and jungle predators. Eventually, Ross and her expedition reach the lost city of Zinjin and discover the consortium's camp, like the original expedition's camp, in ruins and devoid of life. Oh, no. This is also a lot like Predator. Like, we sure. start with a bunch of dead people and we gotta go find them, and then we find even more dead people who are trying to find those dead people. Maybe the gorillas are predators. Ooh. No, because they look stupid. That's true. Yeah, and Predator looks fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, the original Predator does. That dude has the like predator, three mouths. <laughs> the, the Predator in Shane Black's most recent The Predator, it looks like a steaming pile of poop. Looks like a and super not a nice, predator. And not like a nice, healthy poop either. Like, <laughs> like some Somebody's got issues down Like, below. you've been eating way too much sugar lately. Yeah. yeah. Lots of inflammation, lots of corn kernels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. Ross and her team uh, lose contact with HQ due to a massive solar flare. Then, <laughs> I love solar flares. That is way more interesting than a monkey accidentally tapping it over. Yeah. Yes. Uh, then they encounter the killer gorillas and are attacked. A brief battle ensues and several gorillas are killed. Take that, gorillas. Yeah, you idiots. And here's where it gets here's where it gets good. (laughs) Oh yeah? After studying the corpses Uh and performing a rudimentary field autopsy. Oh oh, man. We could have had an X-Files gorilla autopsy? That's right. God damn, why is the book always so much better? It is concluded that the animals are not true gorillas by modern biological standards. Well, what are they? Nor Kakundakari, which is an African primate cryptid, but gorilla chimpanzee human hybrids. Human hybrids? Uh, chimpanzee gorilla human hybrids. Correct. How? All right. I Here's the... how it works. All right. They're uh... chimgumans. <laughs> yeah, um, gorhuzies. Gorhuzies. Hurilzies. <laughs> Chimpman. <laughs> Orillas. Chimpman Orillas. That sounds like an Irish pub. Chimpmarilla. Yeah. Oh, just going down to Chipman Orillas. I'd go there. I'd go there too. They probably have some real peaty scotch. Yeah, Ooh, and yeah. I bet the monkey fries are off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chipman Orillas. Come on down, what would you like to eat today? Some monkey fries? Oh, that might be good for oh, you. Yeah. Oh, how about some monkey bread? Do you like monkey bread? I love monkey bread. It's like regular bread. bread, but you pull it apart with your hands. That's how it works right there. I'm an Irish person. This is what we sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, uh, so there. The, the, I assume the way it works is uh, a, a bunch of humans got together. They were lonely in the jungle, came across some chimpanzees, and they were like, you know what? I'm going to fuck me a chimpanzee. Let's do it. So they make love to the chimpanzees out there. There's a, some... Ow! 
that whole thing because that's the song that people fuck to in the jungle. Okay. So they fucked to that song, and then those chimpanzees give birth to little uh, humanzies. Humanzies. And the humanzies grow up, and they're like, "Man, I'm I'm super lonely. I'm, so, I'm lonely and like genetically very deeply conflicted. <laughs> Yo, yeah. look at them gorillas. I'm gonna fuck me them gorillas. <laughs> Woo! Where are wolves of London? <laughs> That's just... also what I heard when he did yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> Humanzies of Congo. I love that song more and more as the years go by, especially when I realized, like, oh shit, this is a non racist version of that sweet guitar riff from Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. It, and I'm pretty sure it predates Sweet Home Alabama. Unsurprising. A, a little old lady got mutilated. Correct. Love Late that last part. night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wolves of London she again. She should have been inside. <laughs> Uh, my, part, my favorite part of that song is there's two. There's uh, you better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. Yep. I'd like to meet his tailor. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, when he says, uh, "I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect." Dip. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic song. Oh, yeah. Enjoy every sandwich, Warren Zavon. <laughs> uh, there in your sandwich-based afterlife. So now there's a description of these gorillas oh, as, as how give they're it hybridized. To me. Give it to me. So their mass and height is closer to humans than gorillas. Their skull is greatly malformed. The ridge that makes gorilla heads look pointy is nearly non-existent. As well as their pigmentations on the border of albinism. Light gray fur and yellow eyes. So help me God, he had yellow eyes. Like Scut Farkas from A Christmas Story. And just like Scut Farkas, a small kid in mittens beats these monkeys to death. Uh, in addition, they exhibit different behavior. They are highly aggressive, ruthless, and partially nocturnal. Unlike normal gorillas, the gray animals are also extremely social. A troop consisting over a hundred compared to a normal troop of a dozen animals. Peter Elliot intends to name them Gorilla Elliotensis after himself. What a bag of dicks. Oh, he really should go for Hugh Gorilla Zanzies. I think that would technically be named after Hugh Grant, though. (laughs) Uh, Afterwards, Ross, Elliot, and Monroe explore the ruins and discover that the killer gorillas were bred by the ancient inhabitants of Zinj to serve as guards to protect the diamond mines from intruders. Okay, so clearly this wasn't people only... Uh, in the jungle, this nah. was this was people. This was people from the lower class were forced to mate with yeah, monkeys. Yeah, this is basically uh, like how Saruman bred the Orakai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he dug he dug these gray monkeys out of a weird goo pit in a mountain. Oh, not in the book, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to know. Well, Treebeard the- describes it as dark business indeed. It is heavily implied that basically what Mark was saying about the ancient peoples just. Lower castes of captured women. Yeah, but elves, right? No, so Morgoth, who is the original fallen... uh, uh, Wizard guy? No, like like angels, basically. Okay. Uh, A Lucifer analog. Uh, He comes down to Arda, which is the Earth, and he is frustrated because he cannot create. Only Iluvatar, the god, can create something out of nothing. So he basically takes the elves and twists them into orcs and goblins. Uh, the Orakai are in the Third Age, where Saruman basically forces 
orcs to mate with humans to breed like a human-orc hybrid. Ugh. It's soups gross. Yeah. That's why he's a bad guy. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. So after several more attacks... Oh shit, we're on this book, right? Yep. After several more attacks... Guys, I can't wait to do Lord of the Rings. Those episodes are going to be nine hours long. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot to tell you about Tom Bombadil, you guys. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to stop you right there. Go ahead and just die. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, but you'll never know about the cults of magic started by the renegade blue wizards. Good. (laughs) There's only one wizard I care about. Radagast the Brown. His robes are covered in animal shit. (laughs) Weird. That was like when they made those Hobbit movies and they were like, oh, they're going to have Radagast. I was like, oh, cool. There's no way they're going to have him covered in animal shit. And then he shows up and he's covered in animal shit. It's so gross. All right. You proved me wrong. It's like, all right, you went there. You got one thing right. Good for you. (laughs) After several more attacks, Elliot, with the help of Amy... Finds a way to translate the language of the new gorillas, she refers to them as bad gorillas, and piece together three messages. What? Three! This is three. way more interesting. Right. Three messages. Go away. <laughs> Don't come. Hear bad. <laughs> Got it. On the case. They stop fighting the humans and become confused, leaving the camp. <laughs> Their victory is cut short. Their victory. This is the end of the book. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They figured out how to tell the monkeys to go away, so they just go away? No, no, no. The the bad monkeys tell them to go away, don't come, hear bad, and then they go, I guess we're done, bye, and then the gray monkeys disappear. They ride off into the night. I think Like Ed Harris in that movie where he's a knight on a motorcycle. I guess guess I'm unclear. Uh, So the the gray apes are saying to the humans that this place is bad? Yes. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we delivered our three messages. Yes. Bye. Out the door we go. (laughs) And then they stop fighting the humans and become confused, leaving camp. (laughs) It's all right there, John. I like that. I guess the these uh, these gray gorillas are less the armies of Saruman and the White Hand, and more of F Troop, right? Yeah, <laughs> easily befuddled and ready to retreat at a moment's notice. Yeah, they're kind of like the Foot Clan. <laughs> Uh, so their victory is cut short by the eruption of the nearby volcano, accelerated by explosives placed by Ross for her geological surveys. <laughs> nice. That buries the city, the diamond fields, and all proof of the new species under 800 meters of lava. Damn. I know. That is a fuckload of lava. That's like almost 400 miles of lava. No, that, that'd be no, kilometers. No, no, no. no, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, that's, that, but that's still a lot of lava. That's yeah, multiple like football fields worth of lava. half a mile of lava. Ross, Elliot, and Monroe, and the rest of the team's survivors are forced to run for their lives. The team then manages to find a hot air balloon in a crashed consortium cargo aircraft and uses it to escape. In an epilogue, it is revealed that Monroe was able to retrieve a few hundred carats of the valuable diamonds and sold them to Intel for use in a revolutionary new computer processor. <laughs> so in this that world, is a very li- like there's no room for growth in the diamond processor market. Yeah. yeah, and this is crazy. Like this book came out in 1980. 
And yeah. Intel's still around at that point. In this universe, there is no AMD. They never no. catch up. Yeah. No, there's no Gen Force. Did they ever really catch up, though? Valid point. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like Athlon. <laughs> hey, so the, they are like 100 bucks cheaper. True. Uh, I don't know. I buy Mac, so I can't buy by components. Ooh. Yeah. But I do have like a, an i5 core, which is no. fine. I don't know what those words mean. I can do multi-threading and five separate processor units. Ooh. It can play games okay. Yeah. No, but I'm not much of a PC guy. I'm much more of a console guy. Uh, continuing, while Amy was introduced into the wild and was later observed teaching her offspring sign language. <gasps> this begins the planet of the apes. This is the true dawn. The end. Oh, no. So that's, that's all it has for the plot summary. Uh, moving on to adaptations, the tab. Actually, I think we can probably skip adaptations real quick because I know that we're running out of time, and I really want to get to the reasons that Michael Crichton wrote this novel. That's in that's in the adaptations. Oh, that's in okay. adaptations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So Michael Crichton wanted to do a modern day version of King Solomon's Mines. He pitched the idea to 20th Century Fox, who bought the film rights before the story had even been written. So like, like modern do. day version of King Solomon's Mines is this like an older movie or older? It's like an older. Book? Book? So it's Alan Quarterman. Yeah. who is like if you ever see or read League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Gentlemen. he's the Sean Connery yeah. like old classic adventurer his big like novel story is like King Solomon's Mines where oh. it's like a lost diamond mine and he's adventuring through it and being yeah. a super colonial racist about everything and were those like Arthur Conan Doyle stories or I were they uh, like no, it's by a guy named like who was Quarterman uh, his name was the writer was a Victorian adventure writer and fabulist Sir, <laughs> God damn it! I want to be a fabulous. Oh, fab. Oh, he's just a storyteller. I mean, it's yeah, fabulist. Yeah, no, it's fabulous. No, definitely fabulous. It's, he's a fabulous. Uh, and his name is Sir H. Ryder Haggard. God of damn it! it good name. Yeah, yeah, and it tells the search of an unexplored region of Africa by a group of adventurers led by Alan Quartermain. All right. Um, it's basically the cornerstone of the lost world genre, yeah, like the progenitor, like Indiana Jones and shit yeah, like right. that. Okay. Okay. So he wanted to make his own version of that. From he the rights. Times. They Got buy it. the rights before it's even been written. This results in Crichton being blocked and unable to start novel. He spent time in an isolation tank. That's <laughs> just awesome. And sentence. <laughs> Crichton received a $1.5 million advance for the novel screenplay and has a directing fee. He never worked this way before, usually writing the book, then selling it. He eventually managed to finish the book and it became a bestseller. Uh, so he uh, also that is banana nuts yeah. crazy forever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, he actually uh, had worked with Sean Connery on the Great Train Robbery uh, and really liked working with him. So when he wrote Congo, he was hoping to make the film version for Connery to play white African mercenary Charles yeah. Monroe. Yeah, obviously you'll notice in the movie Congo he is played by Ernie Hudson of Ghostbusters fame. Yes, <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, Played very well. And I would Probably say, considerably more charismatically than I, I would Connery say was. definitely yeah. an upgrade, I think. Yeah. Over 1995 Connery. Ooh, yeah, he's Oof. getting old. Yeah, that's not even vintage Connery. No, no. that's first night Connery. That is Ugh. well post Highlander yeah. Connery. Yeah. That's post Medicine Man Connery. Ooh, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, one last thing. In 1984, the company Tellarium released a graphic adventure based on Congo. Because Crichton had sold all adaptation rights to the novel, he set the game, named Amazon, in South America. And Amy the Gorilla became Paco the Parrot. Wow. A talking parrot 
much less impressive than a talking gorilla. Sure, because parrots actually talk. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's so. That's pretty much the end there. Um, that's that's Congo the book. Next yep. week we're talking Congo the movie. Uh, and then the week after that, I'll be uh, clawing my way out of the shallow grave that Patrick and John put me in. Correct. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because uh, we're not gonna dig like far down. No, that's, I don't blame you. The it's... ground is cold and hard. Yeah. Oh Correct. no. For yeah. sure. No. That's like uh, that that Game of Thrones saying: "The ground is cold and hard." Right. Yeah. I hope we get that prince who's promised. Look out! Fire! It burns children. These are all great lines from Game of Thrones. Oh, you're doing good work over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. Look at me, I'm a Ned Stark. My head's never going to get chopped off. Just try it, you turkeys. I bet they chop off his head, though. He specifically said that they couldn't. <laughs> Why would he lie? What does he have to that's gain? True. Characters and stories. It's me, Sean Bean, that actor known for surviving things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to do it for this mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm really hoping that the last season of Game of Thrones is better than the season that just recently aired. I bet it's not going to be because it's past the books, right? Correct. Like, we're well, we're outside whoa, of books. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we're just, like, fanzining you these things. <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't like Fast Travel Point, the TV show? No, <laughs> I didn't. I don't I, even like Fast Travel Point, the game. <laughs> I'll thank you not to refer to Far Cry 3 that way. <laughs> but I will thank you to please play Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, because yes. it's rad as shit. It is nice. actually very good. Oh, I'm John Rooney Taylor, by the way. And we'll see you next time! Bye! Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, Jonathan Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a rating or review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com.